Okay, welcome to this episode of the Book Marketing Success Podcast. Today, I have Carolyn Wilman, uh, who's the author of You Can't Win If You Don't Enter and How to Win Cash. Plus, she's the republisher of a wonderful book on the Name It and Claim It game, which is all about uh, the selected, projected, collected, and expected manifestation system. I love that name. <laughs> and uh, so, Carolyn, I wanted, you know, to first talk a little bit about that expected, collected, what, what is it? Expected, projected, collected, expected manifestation system. And, and you can also, as you talk about that, uh, speak a little bit about how you uh, ended up uh, owning the rights to the program. Well, Helene Hatzel is the author of that uh, book, and she was a really fun woman who loved to play with words, which is why it is such a tongue twister for you to say <laughs> her manifestation system that she developed. Now, she didn't actually develop it. I mean, it's been around forever. Everybody's right. familiar with the secret. You know, you ask, you believe, you receive. Right. She just turned it into four because she felt it was missing a step. And she called it because she liked to play with words. Um, spec, select it, project it, expect it, collect it. And so it rolls off the tongue a little bit. And spec is select it is pick what you want. What do you want? And you have to be sure it's what you want. And then project it means put it put it out to the universe. You can meditate on it. You can, she used to do something with three by five cards. She'd write on them vertically and just put one word prompts as to what she wanted. So like a mini, mini vision board, she'd paste them in her bathroom and her kitchen and her car <laughs> and then expect it, which is, I think the part that people struggle with the most is actually believing it's going to happen. Right. That's so, right. and that's where she says, that's where you need to meditate. That's her. She, she gives a meditation exercise that she, she would do to expect it. And then of course, collect it is the easy part. You know, right. pick up the keys to the house, go sign the papers for the new car, accept that new job, go on that date, whatever, whatever it is. Or publish your book and, uh, Yes. Make it, a, make it a success. And a lot of that has to do with, uh, you know, it, it, you already know this, uh, that you have to really go through this system anyway, in one way or another, in order to stick by a book, you know, because you have to write the book. You have, and in the meantime, you're having to start to build an audience for the book or the subject, and then you have to publish the book. Then you have to market the book and you have all these steps and all these things you have to do. But if you don't believe and expect that it's going to result in something, you'll probably stop somewhere in the middle. Or what right. I see happen a lot is people finish the book and then they they forget to market it. <laughs> and And marketing to me is all about you know, visualization, expectation, building relationships, all those things that go into, you know, manifesting something. Right. And there's lots of ways to market. It's so much easier now than it was when Helene was 
right. doing it. You know, you had to get into the newspaper or hope that someone from a radio station or TV station called you. Now you have it at your fingertips. You got a cell phone. You can turn it on. You can open TikTok, Facebook, Instagram. I don't know. Pick pick a platform, and off you go. You know, you don't have to wait for anybody to call you to get the word out there right. um, about your your book. Now, I have to say, I do have a bit of a built-in audience for me because everybody wants to know how to win. <laughs> <laughs> so I was a little bit ahead of the curve because who doesn't like to win things? And I wasn't the first sweepstakes book and I'm definitely not going to be the last sweepstakes, you know, right. author out there. Uh, but uh, I was somewhere in the middle and I've written different ones focusing on the changes in the hobby because the hobby has exponentially sped up and changed over time because of the internet. And so it's given me a reason to put another book. But as you were saying, you know, the select it, project it, expect it, collect it, you, Helene still took action. Like you still have to take action. You're not going to get the job if you don't go and apply for it. You're not going to, the book's not going to write itself. <laughs> right. Uh, in fact, it's, well, you always hope it will, but <laughs> the reality is the book, you know, you have to do it, but the book also won't market itself. No, it won't market itself either. There's a whole process, but I think if people get intimidated with the whole process, it's like, you know, the old, the old dad joke, how to eat an elephant one bite at a time. Don't focus on marketing your book. If you're still caught up in the middle of writing and it's overwhelming for you, it's okay to wait. It might take a little longer to ramp things up, but if it's overwhelming, it's better to, to focus on the task in front of you and get that done and then market your book. I, I agree with that for the most part, but I do believe that people should be starting to build the relationships that will make a difference. You know, as you research a book or you start writing a book, you start getting in contact with other people that write about the same subject or think about it mm. or talk about it and so on. So building those relationships as you write a book is worthwhile because at some point you can call that in and say, would you have me on your podcast. Would you have me, you know, do something or so yes. on? But you're oh, right that's true. I see what you're saying. I thought you meant general marketing. Yeah. I've had to build all those relationships in my book because in, in um, even the first one, you can't win if you don't enter. I have resources from all the sweepstakes aggregates to the companies that were running promotions to, you know, web links to sweepstakes supplies to, to tools that run the programs. And I interviewed all the people behind those URLs. And um, it was it was a lot of fun and I've made friends. That's something that probably applies to other writers. I always say it applies to the sweepstakes hobby, but um, I say it applies to the sweepstakes hobby, but I don't know. Um, it might apply to other authors too, but I have made lifelong friends from this process that I never would have expected that occurring yes, from, uh, from doing this. And that's one of the really nice things about building relationships and marketing. It can actually be fun because you're building friendships. And that really, you know, 
I have so many golden friendships. You know, I've lost a few people over the years. You know, as, as we age, that happens. But mm -hmm. there are so many good people out there that I call my friends, you know, who I primarily have a business relationship with, but I really think of them as friends as well. So, you know, to me, that's still a very important part of marketing is just having those friendships and dealing with them and, you know, uh, reconnecting with people. And it's surprising how many people would be happy to help you if you simply ask. Oh, my gosh. You be, yes, you're amazed. That's one of the things that I wanted to talk to your audience about was a lesson I learned in asking because in 2008, I had a podcast before it was cool and <laughs> it's long gone. And I was lucky enough to have Helene Hadsall on my show. Now, the reason I knew about her is because at some point, every sweepstaker hears about the woman who won every prize she desired, including a fully furnished home. <laughs> she actually tells about those adventures in her book. And so I had her on my podcast. And I was so cheeky. We were off air before we started recording. And it was like the old days. Like, it wasn't like this. I had to phone in on a landline. She phoned right. in on a landline. We connected on the computer. It's so old school. There's no volume control, nothing. And I asked her off air. I said, could I come visit you? And she said, no. And I thought, okay. Well. <laughs> And then three days later, she phones me back and said, your guides, meaning my spirit guides, are so loud because she was highly <laughs> intuitive. She said, you better come visit. And I think that's why I was kind of destined to, to pick up her gauntlet and run with it and take her legacy and, you know, mix it into mine and make sure that what she taught didn't die. And uh, but then I my life just took a left turn and I didn't do anything with it till 2019. And then I thought her son Dyke is still alive, but now he's in his seventies. I better do something with this because he still ran Delta Sciences, which was her company. And so I got a hold of him and um, I said, let's republish this. And he said, yeah. And he had uh, lots of other people asking, but I think he knew from talking to her that I was kind of the one that was supposed to do it. And so I began and then I realized that I didn't own the rights yet to the books. And I thought I better ask. And I was terrified to ask. I don't know why, but I was scared. And I, you know, mustered up the gumption and I asked and he said, okay. And I thought, what was I so scared of? And I lost nothing by asking. And I even, you know, I came up with a, what I thought was a fair amount. He agreed. I borrowed the money. Cause I wasn't, and it was just before the pandemic hit, which, you know, nearly wiped out my business, um, which it did for a lot of people, but it also gave me the time to write coincidentally. And I was able to republish two of her books in uh, 2020. Um, she had four and I might have found, this is kind of like an exclusive announcement. Um, <laughs> I went down to her house in, te in Texas. It had been closed for 12 years and I, I reclaimed what was left of her paperwork. Um, but I might have found enough information to write a fifth book, like the unpublished works of Helene Hadsall or something. I don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. I still want to finish doing all these other books I have on my plate before I delve into that. 
But it would be fun to do when you have something like that, a, a treasure trove of information and so on. I suspect there's probably a sixth or seventh book in there as well. <laughs> I, I don't know. Let not, me go to, one not, at a time. No yeah. pressure. One at a time. <laughs> not to overwhelm you. I didn't want to do that. Uh, obviously, you do it one at a time. You, you can't do 18 things at once. I try, but uh, I can tell you it doesn't work. We're cut from the same cloth. I do the same. <laughs> I do the same. Yeah, but the, the disadvantage of that for me is that I don't, many things don't get done that I want to get done because I'm, you know, trying to do 18 things at once. And I've learned that I have to focus. I have to set aside the time to finish one book before I move on to a second yeah. book. You can collect information and things like that, but you can't you can't be writing three books at once. It 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 doesn't work well. No, it wouldn't work well. So I have I have her files sitting in a box in a banker's box in my office, and I have um, two boxes of diskettes. I found I ended up having to go to the you know raggedy old computer store in town and buy an old forty six machine, which he had to jerry rig with an external three and a quarter inch floppy disk drive. So it's missing a side need duct taped <laughs> drive to the top and, but it worked, but I was only able to get the information off about half the diskettes. So I got to figure out how to, how to clean them and stuff, but that's for another day. I'm like, okay, I don't have time. I need to keep writing. I can't keep digging. This is right. enough. This is enough digging for now. We're going to leave the archeological project for, for a bit. Yeah. But I wanted you know, the reason I looked forward to talking to you, we connected through Matchmaker, um, was to talk a little bit about the selected, projected, expected, collected. Because I think that too many authors don't know what to do once they, once they get a book done. They, they're going, okay, now how do I market it? Um, and I think that part of that is that you really have to go through a system like this it could be a different system, but something like that in order to manifest your book and really get people to know about the book and, and start to uh, appreciate it, share it, and so on. Because to me, the main author, main job of an author in marketing is to start the word of mouth. Find right. five five people that will talk about it and then they'll talk about it to their friends and their friends will talk to it about other people. Because if, if you try to do it just on your own, it, it can be more difficult, but if you can find and feel passionate uh, people that love what you're doing and want to talk about it, want to share it, it really does make a difference. Then you can start to manifest it. I suspect that, you know, it's sort of like your one book title, you can't win if you don't enter. You know, <laughs> and, well, and that's true. very true. You know, you, you can't. And, and it's the same with like asking. You don't get an answer if you don't ask. Well, that's exactly right. Like I wouldn't have the rights to her book unless I asked. Now he could have said no, but I'm in the same position either way then. Right. But I asked and I got a yes. And you'd be surprised at how many yeses you get. I think we underestimate ourselves in life and also as for the the book marketing 
you know, connect with people and connect with groups online. Cause I also do social media and it depends on what your book is, you know? So for example, if it's, if it's um, a cookbook, you're going to want to connect with other chefs, find, you know, food groups online and different things and connect with those. Uh, you know, if you're, if you've got a cookbook, you're just ripe for, you know, food talk on TikTok. And all those Instagram reels with those dripping recipes that people just want to make. <laughs> right. If, if you're, if you've got a historical romance, I've seen some authors on TikTok doing reels where they're talking about the heroine as if it was themselves. And so you're listening to this person going, Oh my gosh, this sounds crazy. This story. And then you realize it's a book. But they've got you hooked, right? Because they're talking about this. I was here and I was there. So they put themselves in the in the heroine's position. If you've got, um, you know, a nonfiction how-to book, then connect with the group. So if you're into, you know, if it's about cars, you're going to want to connect to those groups. If you've got, you know, there's so many different places you can go to connect with people that are around the interest of what you're writing. Because if you're interested in it and you think that there's enough of an audience to write a book for it, go find those people. Cause they are out there. Yeah. Th there's, uh, you could have the most obscure thing that you're talking about or writing about. And you'd be surprised. There's 100,000, 500,000 people that are interested in the same obscure thing, you know, no matter what it is. And if you're doing something like what you do, which, which is how to win, your audience oh, yeah. is, is huge, obviously. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. That's a little bit biased. And actually, it's a global hobby. I'm looking to remedy that because my first two books were only available in um, Canada and the U.S., and it's actually a global hobby. It's huge in the UK. It's in Australia. Um, there's, uh, it, believe it or not, India loves entering contests. A huge, huge hobby there. I mean, it's amazing how you don't think about it until you um, realize it. Because you know what it is? Giveaways are uh, one form of marketing. So right. every company in the world markets their products and services. And at one point or another, most of them do host a giveaway. Right. And so it's, you know, one tool in a marketer's tool belt. So it's, it's really fun because there's so many different weird and wonderful things you can win. I don't know if you can tell on camera, I'm a little bit tanned. We just got back from Mexico. I won a trip. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah, love you, this hobby. Before <laughs> Before we got into the talk, you said you also wanted a, a trip at one point to my home uh, town, uh, Taos and Santa Fe. Yes, it was stunning. I I had entered this giveaway, and we won um, stays in in Santa Fe and Taos, and there was no airfare. And I thought, why would I enter a contest without airfare? <laughs> so I was going to turn down the prize, but I went and I started looking, and I thought this looks really nice. Maybe we should go and just use our like air miles or something. And so we did, we cashed in a bunch of air miles and my husband and I uh, came to Santa Fe and to Taos. We rented a car 
it was stunning. Nobody thinks that that, you know, you never really see trips to those destinations. They, everybody should go visit at least once. It was fantastic. The food was amazing. The people were, the scenery was spectacular. We went hiking, we went touring. It poured rain the whole time we were there. We came in April. Nobody knew what to do with the rain because everything was leaking because everything's flat. Like all the Adobe style houses right. with the flat roofs. Uh, there was buckets. Every store we went into had a bucket somewhere collecting <laughs> <rain> water. <laughs> but it was, yeah, so it, was, it became an unforgettable, amazing adventure. It was fantastic. And so th that's something, like, I'm talking about it now. It was almost 20 years ago I came. I came in 2004. But it feels like yesterday, and I will have that memory forever. And that is the wonderful uh, benefit of entering sweepstakes as a hobby. And I think Helene discovered that too, because she traveled all over the world on trip wins and different places they went and things she won. Because that's the other cool thing. You know, I uh, I won, it was a contest up here and where near where I live. And I won um, my family, everybody, I won them a pair of runners, running shoes. <laughs> so we all, it's so practical, right? <laughs> I love practical prizes. I won a grocery gift card that I just put in my wallet today. You know, like saves me money. It's fantastic. I love it. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, part of what you're talking about is one of the really good ways to market a book is to create experiences, to tell stories. And that really yeah. makes a difference. It, it makes more people want to get involved in what you're doing when you tell a good story. Like, you know, I want to go enter some contests now. <laughs> you know, it's not something I do normally, but gosh, you know, it sounds like fun. And uh, it is I, fun. I remember I, when my mom won at the county fair, she won a, a new <gasps> sofa. Really? <you> know? <laughs> and there we were in the stands and they call out our name and, you know, we win something. And, you know, that was fun. And I, oh. I'm sure you had to do something to enter the win, but I don't know what it was. But, uh, you know, that was fun. You know, for us, it was a big event and we got new furniture. That Yeah, that's the thing. But I'm going to pre-warn your readers with a few things. One, always open a new email address just for entering sweepstakes. Trust me on this one. I learned the hard way. It took me six months. I used my work email because I had my own business and I just, I did not know. This is why I'm so such a good teacher, by the way. I've made every mistake under the sun. I'm <laughs> do as I'm do as I say, not as I did, because I obviously fixed all the the things. Right. Um, so set up an email just for entering sweepstakes. Then use something called a sweepstakes aggregate. What's really nice is there's websites. Then that's their business and their passion and their joy, and they collect all the legitimate sweepstakes that you can enter. So you don't have to go hunting yourself. You can just go to one of the aggregates. I made my website um, the hub of all things contesting. So I put all the resources in one place because when I started doing this as a hobby in 2002, or rather 2001, there was no resource. I had to go and find this and find that. And so I put it all in one place. Um, and that's it's been since 2005. So in a couple of years, I'm going to have my 20th anniversary of uh, helping people win, which is kind of cool. I, I did something similar on my website where, you know, 
for book authors, I have, you know, I feature a list of book printers. I feature a list of book publicists, uh, a number of things like that to help people so that they don't have to, you know, go, you know, searching down all kinds of weird uh, internet uh, cubby holes to find something when they can just come to my site and they can find the printer that they, they will want to use, the publicist, the uh, graphic designers, you know, and so on and so forth. Uh, so I, I try to make my website at bookmarketingbestsellers.com to be a resource center for people. And what's your website that you've it's, created? Well, it's contestqueen.com. Okay. But yeah, it's it's nice. See, I knew. Yeah, I I said before the interview, you and I are cut from the same cloth. Yeah. <laughs> and so we we both love to help people. You like to help people win in book publishing, and I literally like to help people win sweepstakes. But it's the same uh, form of help, and it's the same feeling. There's nothing. I I. Well, I've done it, but I've also seen other authors do unboxings, you know, when their first batch of books shows up at their house right. and they're so excited. I mean, I know that feeling. I always congratulate them. Yay. I know what it's, you know, how exciting to open a box of your books, right? Like there's no better feeling. It's, it feels like a prize showed up, honestly. It really right. does. Right. It's the same it, feeling. I know both. <laughs> so yeah, I can, I like, can attest. And when I started off, you know, you didn't do unboxing. You know, it was a solitary experience. You know, maybe you had a friend with you, but you you didn't video it. You didn't do anything because this was back in the 80s, you know. <laughs> well, I yeah, I, I did it in the 90s. But, yeah, I didn't film my first unboxings. Actually, um, I don't think it was till my third book that – I took a picture because nobody was nobody was doing video yet. It was still photo, like you know pictures on Facebook. So I think that's about as far as it got. And I think right. did I post that? I might have put I might have posted it on Instagram. I don't know. But now when you know even when a prize arrives or I get some merch that I I get swag with logos. My daughter is an illustration at the uh, art university in Toronto. So. She should do all of her mom's merch for free, all the illustration, all the design, <laughs> right? And so I have, you know, I'm lucky uh, buttons and stickers, and she's got one called Prize Magnet. I've got her working on one called Winner Winner Chicken Dinner. <laughs> Just as something fun. So if I do, like, of course, I hold giveaways. Hello, I'm the contest queen. Um, when I give away books and stuff, sometimes I'll throw in, you know, some stickers or some other little things in there. So when they open it up, they're, they're surprised. It's uh, it's really fun. I love actually both sides of the hobby. And unfortunately I don't make my living winning. And part of my living is uh, being an author, but the other part is being a sweepstakes marketer. So I work with companies on actually running giveaways and okay. drawing the winners and, doing all the follow-up report, which actually has made me even a better sweepstakes teacher because then I see things on the back end right. that I would never have known to teach people had I only been teaching from the front end, so to speak. So it's really, it's really interesting to sit on both sides of the table. There, there are a lot of things now on the internet where they, they'll do a, 
uh, an author giveaway where, you know, 20 authors get together, you know, somebody organizes it and they each give away a book or something mm -hmm. like that. <clears throat> and that seems to work pretty well in terms of promotion and helping you to build an audience and visibility and things like that. And they have different names for it and different, you know, ways that it works and so on. But <clears throat> I think it's important in today's world that you think about giving something away. If somebody wanted to organize a giveaway for their book or books or something like that, who would they talk to? Do they reach you through Contest Queen or something else? Well, actually, I was going to say, I think those those book giveaways are really great because what happens is these are companies set up to do book promotions and they charge you like, I don't know, it depends on 20, 30, 50 bucks just to participate. But they do all the emailing and promotion for you, which is fantastic because they have the email list and they buy the prize. So it's usually they give away a Kindle. And so the money that all, you know, 20 authors pay covers, you know, the cost of the Kindle, the cost of running the business because, you know, email servers aren't free to use and, you know, et cetera. And then it covers all that cost. And of course, you're supporting the business and you get your name out there with a bunch of other authors. But you can also do it yourself on, you know, on Instagram's probably one of the better ones to do it on because of the way the platform works, but you can do, host them on Facebook, on TikTok. Um, sweepstakes season is coming up and I'll tell everybody what that is. For the month of December, every company that you can think of is hosting a giveaway. And a lot of them do 12 days of giveaways, 24 days of giveaways, and um, it's just flooded. So if you're new to this, avoid December Wait till January when everything's quieted down and people are looking for something new to do. And, um, and, but it will give you a chance to see what other people are doing in the month of December and how they're doing them. And then you can emulate that in the new year. And it doesn't have to cost you a lot. I've done giveaways when I've cleaned up my office because there's actually sweepstakes conventions. I've been to 12 of them. The next one is close to you. It's in Scottsdale, Arizona. And it's, you know, four days and there's like 500 people that like to enter sweepstakes come and we listen to speakers and we win prizes. Of course we win prizes, that's what we do. But I used to get a lot of swag, you know, like buttons, t-shirts, like all these things with Lucky and this and that. And one time I was cleaning up my office. I thought, I can't, this, my office is really small. I don't have room for all this stuff. And I literally sorted it grouped it into clumps of similar prizes. So it was kind of spread out. I had five prizes. I took pictures of them. I just put it on the floor, stood over it, took a picture and had giveaways on Instagram once a week for five weeks. And I gave the stuff away. So here I am, I'm something to post, something to promote. And it didn't cost me anything because it was all stuff I had collected over time. And I even said that, hey, I'm cleaning out my office. I've got, this is week two. Here's what's in this prize pack. You know, they know that some of it, I probably wore the scarf, you know, with the four leaf clovers on it that I stuck in, or I might've worn the pin that's in there. Nobody cared. They just want to win. They just wanted to win <laughs> it. And, you know, maybe they would wear it to the next sweepstakes convention or to a sweepstakes club meeting. Yes, there's those too. 
And um, I highly recommend uh, if another uh, sweepstakes book. I know it's we're talking about me, but uh, the prize winner of Defiance, Ohio is a fantastic book. Uh, I kind of like the book better than the movie, but both are fantastic. The movie was actually <laughs> filmed in the town next to me. Um, Cause when Julianne and Moore was here uh, filming, I saw, I spotted, I spotted her downtown. She was shopping. <laughs> and um, so, yeah, that's another book about winners and they talk about the sweepstakes clubs um, back in the day, like the hobby's been around. That's the other thing people don't realize. Sweepstakes is a hobby has been around since the 1900s. I collect sweepstakes books and I have some marketing books about sweepstakes dating back to the 1930s. And they talk about the hobby as a marketing tool. So it's been, you know, around for easily 120, 125 years that I have record of. It's probably longer than that. And so it's not going away anytime soon. So it's lots of opportunity to use giveaways as a marketing tool for your books. Yes. And, you know, the neat thing is, is that you can, you know, the, another social network uh, that you didn't mention that does a lot of giveaways is Goodreads. Yes. I forgot about that. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they used book. to be free and now they charge for it. But again, it's because what most people don't realize is it costs the web. Well, you know this because you have a website. People think if stuff is free and the internet is free to access that it should be free, but it's, it's not free for me. You and I both pay web hosting. We pay for the mail, you know, email service. We pay for, you know, we, I'm, we met on matchmaker, but we had to subscribe <laughs> to, to matchmaker to find each other. So these things all add up. And so Goodreads now charges, I think, think it's a hundred dollars us to run a giveaway on their platform yeah which which i will do um when I'm, I'm actually working on my my next book called prizes prizes everywhere so i'll be hosting a giveaway um <laughs> of course i'll be hosting a giveaway that's what else would the contest going to <laughs> well actually you know doing that you must uh it must get you to open up and find a lot of new uh, people that uh, are interested in contesting when you do a giveaway. And those, of course, are the people that are your audience to, to well, buy your book. It's interesting books. that there seems to be a split audience, which I, I am so positive. I think you see in the world only what you want to see. <laughs> you know, it's like when you go, when you play the punch buggy game, you know, when you were a kid in the car and you're going on a long road trip. And so you spot all these Volkswagen Beetles everywhere, you know, punch buggy blue, punch buggy red, you spot them. But if you weren't playing the game, you wouldn't see a single Volkswagen. And so I'm only ever looking for the positive fun people. And so that's what I ever see. But there's so many skeptics out there that think sweepstakes are a scam and nobody ever wins. And I'm here to tell you that they do. <laughs> and there's lots of people that do. And so you, you've got to, you know, you've got to reach through to those skeptics and let them know that, yeah, it's, it's not a scam, but that is one of the reasons they, you do set up an email address just for entering because um, you are going to want to sign up certain companies host giveaways all the time. So you want to sign up for the newsletter and you don't want that mixed in with all your, your yeah, other stuff. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And it's also then easier to check for winning notifications. Like, 
we were in Mexico and then we went a day without internet because I shut my phone part off and I just turned on the Wi-Fi, keep it in airplane mode. That's a, that's a tip by the way. But, um, I, you know, I tell people check your notifications because you only have a certain amount of time to claim a prize. And, uh, we were, we went off, you know, off grid for a, a day having fun on a tour. And the next day I checked all my notifications and I had won a $200 grocery gift card. And I thought, oh, thank goodness I checked. Because <laughs> if I'd waited till I come back, I wouldn't have had it. I would have missed out. And so I can market. And I was marketing my books even when I was away because I talk about how to win. Being on a trip win, I was taking advantage of the fact I was somewhere tropical and saying to people, hey, do you you know, do you like to win stuff? You can here, look at all the palm trees and the drink and the beach and the. <laughs> it's a great way. I mean, you, you probably, uh, or at least I hope you did made about 20 videos of all your vacation experience that you could share with the people and say, it's all from winning. I did not make as many as I would have <laughs> liked because a couple of things happened to me. Uh, one, I was having too good a time. I didn't want to work. <laughs> yeah. Two, um, I did try to film some. Um, another part was I was doing for my marketing business. Um, and I just never got around to filming one for that. And I just, I'm like, I, yeah, I'm having too good a time. I'd rather yeah. drink the mango margarita in the pool. than <laughs> get my well. camera out and start working. Because I did have to, I did have a client um issue on one day and i ended up spending a couple hours in the hotel room i i wanted to go sit in the balcony and i took my laptop out and it was so humid and the room is so air-conditioned that the entire computer immediately fogged up and i thought uh-oh <laughs> right and i thought i don't get the luxury sitting on the balcony to work so i came back in the room and i thought how do i this is my spec how do i manifest a life where I can be in the tropics so I can work half a day and then go spend half a day on the beach. How, where, how do I do that? What do I need to do to live that life? Yeah. <laughs> and, it, it, and it might not show up right away, which is okay. But I put that out there because I'm like, I would like to retire and wear flip-flops all day, which I know it's not good for your feet, but but so at some point, you know, you're going to do the selected, projected, expected, collected for that tropical paradise. <laughs> oh, I've already done the selected and projected. I just, and I do expect it. Actually, what's interesting is I expect it, but I don't know when I'll collect it. And I don't see it happening time soon. Now, that's the other thing uh, people need to remember with Helene's methods. They don't happen. They can happen instantly. Like you could think, oh, I would love to have more money in my life and walk down the street and find a dollar, you know, a dollar or a quarter. Well, guess what? You just got more money in your life. Or people <laughs> who say, I want to win the lottery. And then they go buy a scratcher and they win two bucks and they think, oh, I didn't win. I'm like, no, you did win the lottery. You weren't specific. You didn't say the grand prize. You said, I want to win the lottery. You won two bucks. You won the lottery. <laughs> I, I just right? saw yesterday that some guy in california won two billion dollars in a lottery oh the powerball the powerball won huh yeah somebody wow. won it you know 
Wow. Uh, One person. I, yeah. And, you know, somehow that's almost too much <laughs> for me. Uh, I think it would overwhelm me, but I would give it all away as quickly as I could and just save a little piece for me. Well, what's interesting is um, since we're on the topic of lottery, 75% of all lottery winners usually lose their fortune within five years of winning because um, what happens is money gives you more choice and some people's internal systems can't handle that choice. And so it basically fries out their their psychic system and they end up losing the money. And sometimes people say winning the lottery was the worst thing that could ever happen. And this is why I like to teach spec because Helene never won the lottery. Now, firstly, Texas where she lived, didn't have a state lottery until 1992 and she'd won everything she'd wanted by then. So she's like, why do I need to win the lottery? And I tell people to focus on the end result because so for example, you, you want a house, okay? And so people say, well, I want to win the lottery, so I'll have the money to buy the house. Well, just, why don't you just focus on the house and see right. how it shows up? Because, you know, some great, great, great cousin that you never knew of passes away and leaves you their estate, you know, for example, because you're the only living relative that inherits it. It could show up. You don't know that. You know, like you just don't know what could happen to manifest that home. Like Helene won a fully furnished home. She didn't need to win the lottery. She just won the home. That was right. the end, right? Like, so it's important to, to think of the end result. And it's more important with intangible things. Like you want a job. So you can't just go and win the lottery and buy a job. Like that's not going to work. You don't need the money. It's, or you want, you know, you want a, a partner in your life. That's, you can't go by that either. So you, you focus on the end result. What do you want? What do you want? And it's usually you want to win the lottery because then you have more choice, you have more freedom. Well, then focus on the freedom. How do I get more freedom? Well, then that could come in ways you might not expect. I, I'll give you a concrete example. Every January, I do a new vision board for the year. And I heard that if you put two of the same things or similar things on, they could conflict and you might end up with two things you can't handle or they'll cancel each other out. And I was aware of that, but Helene worked with Jose Silva for years and I actually had read his book, but I never took his course. And I thought I would like to take the course like Helene took. So I put that on my vision board, but Mind Valley also licensed the rights to the Silva method and they also had a program, a more modern program out. And I thought, mm, maybe I want that one. I don't know. So I thought being aware of this, I put them both on my vision board. Three weeks later, out of the blue on my Instagram, I get a message from a woman saying, I dreamt about you last night. And I'm wondering if you, I'm cleaning out my house. And I was, I had the feeling that I should be sending you this. Would do you have a tape recorder? Can I send you my original Silva tapes? <laughs> and I'm like, what? <clears throat> like I could never have planned that in a bazillion years. Here I'm thinking, oh, I'm gonna have to scour, you know, thrift stores for some old programs or look on eBay or something. And I hadn't had time to do that yet because I just practically finished up the vision board. And I was trying to decide which of the Mind Valley programs I was gonna get to get this Silva method and 
And then I said, yeah, so she mailed it to me. It's, I don't know if you can see it, but it's right behind my head. Where is it? There. <laughs> With the camera. It's right there. That right there. I don't okay. know how to do <laughs> Looking at the camera and then looking at. I know. I do that all the three time. Week, three weeks side. later, she phones me and goes, hey, um, I also happen to have the Mind Valley course, and I'm not going to be using it any either. Would you like that too? I'm like, yes. So she sent me both. I have both programs and I'm like, I can't, I just put the, so you don't focus on how you're going to get them. I could never have planned that, which is my point. Cause when you put it out there, you just allow the universe to move the pieces and work on the how and just let it show up because most of the time it shows up in ways you could never, ever, 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 ever think of. And it's such a fun story now too. So on top of having both programs, I have a fantastic story to tell to help teach others. I love collecting stories to tell people. And, you know, it, it's really interesting when it happens. Sometimes, like one time I was speaking to the National Speakers Association. And before they introduced me, I was sicker than a dog. I mean, oh, I no. was not feeling well. But they, you know, I have to speak. And there's like three, four hundred people in the audience. And. You know, they introduce me. I get up on stage, and for an hour or an hour and a half, I forget what it was, I spoke, and I was just giving them information. But the minute I finished speaking, boom, I crashed. You know, I mean, I just, you know, but it was a great story. But during the time of doing it, it didn't feel that great. Uh, so sometimes you collect stories, but you do it. Uh, in a way that really does allow you to tell a story that can help educate people. You know, when I was younger, I was so afraid of speaking. I, I couldn't speak. You know, getting up in front of somebody was hard to do. Nowadays, I push people off the stage so I can start to speak. You know, if they take too long introducing me, I say, enough, enough, come on, let me talk. You know, and, you know, so that's part of what you have to do let's say if you want to get out there and do something is you've got to take the, the risk once in a while and do the thing. And then it will be, you'll find that you actually love it. And well, now it's uh, hard to get me off the stage. <laughs> well, I want to ask the interview a question because, oh. uh, are you a Toastmaster? I'm not. I'm uh, not. I, um, I attended, one or two sessions, my wife wanted to go, so I went with her. And she went to three or four sessions and I was there. But this is when I was already, you know, speaking around the country, around the world. So, oh, okay. you know, you know the, the Toastmasters for me wasn't that valuable. I mean, I could understand how Toastmasters can still teach you how to write a speech, how to do some things, how to, you know, perhaps present better. But by that time, I was already, you know, speaking everywhere, you know, so I didn't. And but I did. I love National Speakers Association, because it's really full of professionals. And it was the way that, you know, uh, people that became my friends, Jack Canfield and Mark Victor Hansen, wrote Chicken Soup for the Soul, they just basically collected 100 stories from speakers. And that was the first chicken soup for the soul. And boy, I wish I had thought of that idea because boy, having a book with a hundred speakers behind it, it's 
gotta be gold, you know, and it was. Well, I was curious because I've been a Toastmaster for 17 years and it really helped me because when I started, I was terrified to speak. Right. I read my first speech. I shook so bad during my second speech. I dropped all the three by five cards, which is when I learned <laughs> I needed to number them because I picked them all up and I had no idea what order my speech was in. It was terrible. But I've remained a speaker. And actually, it's funny that you know uh, Mark Victor Hansen because it's his fault I wrote a book. I read his one minute millionaire and he said, write a book in 30 days and make a million dollars. And I'm still waiting for my million dollars mark. <laughs> but the thing is, there are people that, that did. They, exactly they that. do. Yeah, they do. And you know what? Um, I mean, I joke, but it was part of my path. I've written, I'm on book seven, you know, so it basically opened the door and started me down that path. And and I kind of knew, like, even though the first book didn't do as well as I wanted it to, I was compelled to write another one. I just, I, I've got a list of about four or five other books I want to write. That's why when I say I found Helene's stuff, I'm like, oh, I want to finish Prizes, Prizes Everywhere. I've got to finish her book, the the um, A Man Called Friday. I want to republish that. Then I have an idea for a book called Winning is an Inside Job. I want to do a handbook to the Name It and Claim It game and... I mean, it's already four more. I got to finish. And I, <laughs> I'm i like, no, I don't want to add to the file. But, you know, you know, back to what you were saying about Toastmasters, you know, that's an incredibly great program for people who haven't uh, spoke, right. you know, who don't speak, who are afraid of it because it's such a supportive environment for the most part. You know, you have, yeah. to, have, you have to have a good leader so that, you know, people aren't nitpicking you and things like that. But it can be such a supportive environment. And I saw that when I attended with my wife. And that really can make a lot of difference in terms of you coming to know how to speak and be comfortable with it. So I do encourage a lot of people, if, if, if you are afraid of speaking, find the local Toastmasters. They can really help you. Yeah, and they're online now, too. Like, unfortunately, our group used to meet in the local library, which was great. And then the pandemic hit, so we all moved over to Zoom. And we just stayed on Zoom. We're still on Zoom, which is actually kind of nice because on days where the weather isn't so great, you can just sit in your home office and, and, um, and meet. But, yeah, I highly recommend it um, because I said I, I – came over so many uh, hurdles, but like you, now you can stick me in front of a room of a thousand people. I have no problem talking. But before I started doing, I, one of the reasons I joined is my book got popular enough to be on television. Here I am in a live television studio, terrified. And I thought, okay, I better, cause I had known about Toastmasters for years, but I was afraid to go. And then I started getting on TV and I thought, okay, I've got to do something. This is ridiculous. And so that's when I started. And I just haven't, I haven't stopped being a member because I just love it so much. Like I have the skills I need. I don't have to be a member anymore, but I just love it. So I just stay because I just well, feel like know, I get so much out of it. And, it, you know, you don't always stay for yourself you sometimes stay to share with other people and support yeah. them I, I mean i did that through a number of different organizations i've been with over the years 
where I stayed because I wanted to support people. And I used to have, for our local librarian, uh, the librarian there loved me, and he'd allow me to use the room for free. You know, usually they charge, but I would give, and I'd give talks on how to write or, or how to market a book. And you always had a good number of people come, even in just my local community. And, you know, I kind of like that kind of um, interaction with people. So I still love speaking because it's a way to, uh, I always learn more. I go to a convention, I go to a speaking engagement. I'm always learning more than the people learn from me because I'm, I'm, I'm like a vampire. I suck the brains out of, you know, the ideas out of people uh, because I enjoy that. That's what I really enjoy. I love new stories. I love new ideas. I love new resources. And uh, so right now, today, I found about Contest Queen. And, uh, you know, so who knows? It, it may enter a, a new era of my life. <laughs> uh, well, but don't I, laugh. I know you're, you, a lot of people. So one of the things is when P, a lot of people come to the hobby in different stages. So in the past, it used to be a lot of new moms because they'd be up late at night and you know with the kids and it, so you could sit and enter three by fives that used to be the hobby um or now you're scrolling you know on your phone and you could just be entering on your phone i used to i used to enter on the computer um when i was with my daughter you know she'd be sleeping in my arms and i'd have my mouse you know and i'm one-handed you know doing this and a lot of people when they retire they have time so that's when they can start doing the giveaways and what's really good is there's lots of trip giveaways so if you got your passport ready you know especially if you're retired or like me work from home you can just go at any time sure when's the trip let's go i i'm free so to speak and yeah. uh, there's and there's lots of things and then things come in cycles so you know i used to enter for all the kids giveaways when my daughter was little, but now she's in university, so I don't do it anymore. But my friend, my sweeping buddy, Kathy's daughter just had a baby. And so we're all calling her Nana. She's so excited. And now she's like, okay, if anybody sees any giveaways for baby things, you know, or kids things, because the, you know, the little ones, they grow fast, uh, send them to me. Cause so now she wants to enter all the baby giveaways again. So it's, you know, <laughs> it's funny how the hobby goes through cycles and what you want to win and what is important to you because people think oh people that do this as a hobby they just enter for everything no 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 first of all companies in the united states alone even though it's a global hobby spend billions like with a b billions of dollars running promotions there are so many prizes even if you enter 24 7 you still couldn't enter them all so it's impossible so you need to use your time wisely the biggest winners only enter an hour or two a day and they're very selective on what they enter. They they only enter for prizes they really want to win. And, and also we recommend looking for prizes that have best odd sweepstakes. I do best on all what I call we call the locals, anything in my kind of concentric circle. So I I check out all once a week, I go to all the local radio station websites to see what giveaways they're doing. Or I'll go, you know, I'll spot something in a shop uh, down the street. Anything in your local area that's going to be even in the rules, you know, I found one the other day and it said, okay, it's open to the whole area, 
but you have to come to the store to pick it up. So if you can't go to the store to pick it up, then you're out. So that again, makes the pool of potential entrance smaller. So things like that, anything that you can do to increase your odds of winning, but yeah, you don't want to waste your time. You don't want to waste the sponsor's time. You want to be really selective on the prizes. So sometimes I come across something. I'm like, wow, that's, mm. I go, yeah, no, <laughs> I skip it. I thought, oh gosh, I'm getting so picky because my time well, is so precious. When you were just talking, it reminded me that one of the best ways to get booked on radio stations is to offer to give away five copies of your book. Yes, I used to do that actually a long time ago um you know i actually entered a contest uh to win a billboard i didn't win but um i yeah i thought it'd be fun to promote my next book on a billboard in the city <laughs> yeah i i have uh one last question and then we need dan but if somebody an author was gonna create a vision board or uh do the selected projected expected collected uh um a system what would be the best thing for them to ask for like do you want to just sell more books do you want to become a famous author you know like what is the, the wish that would probably produce the best results under that manifestation system do you, you know, know what i am gonna give the advice that helene gives in her book and before she would help anybody or go give a talk or write another book or an article or whatever she was doing, she would say, let me be a channel to help others help themselves. So I would say, whatever your book is, allow my book to get into the hands of people that need it the most. And that even works for fiction. Like if you're writing you know, romance fiction, well, let it find the people that are gonna just love your stories. You know, if you if you have a cookbook, you know, who's gonna, you know, have this thing so worn because they've gone through every page and made every recipe, who's gonna, who's gonna benefit the most from this? Just, I want I this that. information to go to the people that will benefit the most. And if you focus on that, and then and also, and I like this quote from Bill Murray. Someone always said to him, oh, I want to be rich and famous. And he goes, just try rich first. <laughs> like, don't bother with the famous. <laughs> just do the rich. And I thought, you know, that's really good advice, Bill. <laughs> and and, and so, what you said, you know, the thing is that it's in the motivation to wanting to help people uh that will help you actually sell the most books and it's not what's in it for me it's what is in it for the people that i want to reach and help and, yeah or have fun or make their lives easier because if yeah. you're buying fiction stories you know you've written this fantastical fiction story science fiction you know um historical roman like whatever your story is you know military action book could be anything the people that read those books they want to escape. It's the same reason people go to movies. They just want to escape into another world for a little while. But what's really nice about a book is, you know, the pause button is that bookmark and you can take it anywhere. Like I love my Kindle cause I can have like 30 or 40 books with me and they, they come with me on an airplane and they're it's thin and 
I can just keep reading even in the dark. I love that backlit. <laughs> and so, but you get lost in the stories. And so even people say, well, my book doesn't really help anybody. It does. Yeah, it does. It does. Because the people that buy those types of books want to escape for a little while. And they just think it's great to, you know, sit on a Sunday morning with a cup of coffee and this book or take it on vacation. I mean, there's, there's a reason they call them beach novels, right? Because people <laughs> go on vacation and they just devour them. They just, they just love reading these things when they're chilling or up at the cottage or just, you know, hey, the kids have gone to school. I got, you know, 20 minutes to myself before I have to do something. I'm going to sit down and read this book and just relax for a little bit. And so it's really good because everything is so fast and it's so nice to slow down right. and just read. That, so that's why, that helps those people. You know, you said that, you know, you, uh, the prize winner of Defiance Ohio, I think it was, uh, there yeah. was a movie and there was a book and you said the book was better. And as authors, we always believe the book is better uh than the movie you know it, it's just and, and for me it always is because you get to live with the story longer when you're reading than when you watch a movie and it's sort of served to you it's not as right it's not as interactive in a sense you you don't get to build the characters and so on uh in the same way as when you read and and you start to envision the world and the experience and so on and you get a you get to spend more time with them anyway but we're we're now yeah hot. i know i'm sorry i just i get so <laughs> passionate you, you know like again i said we're cut from the same cloth we are both extremely passionate about books writing and helping others achieve yes. their goals so i just wanted this is uh been a book marketing success podcast i've been interviewing and talking with carolyn wilman she's the author of you can't win if you don't enter and that's true for anything in terms of marketing and so on. And then how to win cash. Plus she, you know, she actually republished somebody else's book, The Name It and Claim It Game uh, by Ellen Hetzel. And, you know, so she's shared so many good tips for us in terms of how we can go about living our lives, marketing our books, and uh, winning at the game of life. So thank you, Carolyn. I much appreciate it. Um, maybe we'll uh, set up another time to talk, um, it, you know, six months down the road. Uh, reconnect with me and we'll talk again. Thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you. And again, contestqueen.com. Thanks.